This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. I am Iron Man. The suit and I are one. Back again with the Ultimate Marvel Podcast, Talking Bunheads Part Two, with myself Ronnie and Mr. Colin Bun. Hey Ronnie, how are you? All right. Um, there's a couple of things that I wanted to throw at you, but first, <laughs> is wait, is it questions or physical <laughs> objects you want to throw? At? No, it's it's just questions. All right. We'll see, we'll we'll see how the answers go. And then we'll lead into that way. But, All right, fair enough. But first, I want to plug your new YouTube channel. <laughs> okay. It's you and Mr. Dennis Hopeless, and it's Missouri Swagger. That's right. Which Missouri Swagger. I agree with you guys. I think that would be a cool title of a book later on. Yeah, it would be. Uh, I mean, I mean, Jason Aaron makes Southern Bastards work, so why not Missouri Swagger, right? That's right. Why? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, we just uh, first first things first. We got to actually figure out uh, how to make videos and not seem like a couple of idiots. But uh, <laughs> um, but then maybe maybe that's what Missouri Swagger is all about. It's like it's it's about being you know looking like a fool for your first I don't know dozen videos or whatever until you finally until you finally get it figured all figured out. Well, maybe it's all part of an elaborate plan though. Yeah, maybe. I mean, really what it is is Dennis and I have been talking about doing this for a long while now. And we keep putting it off and waiting for the perfect moment, waiting for the perfect... We, we've recorded dozens of videos that neither one of us want anyone to see. <laughs> and uh, and finally, we just said, you know, we're never going to do this if we wait to get it right. So let's just go ahead and put it out there, mistakes and all, and, you know, we'll figure it out as we go along. And hopefully, you know, by the time we've done, you know, a few episodes we'll have figured all our you know figured all the 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 ins and outs of this thing out and yeah. won't uh, it won't be as it'll be a little more smooth i guess than it is right now <laughs> right dude you guys got what three episodes out now and it's fun i mean you guys do it to have fun and to interact with us fans and i mean what more can you ask for really yeah no i we've had fun with it we got big plans you know we're gonna Start bringing. We're gonna do some stuff with some guests and some other things like that. Uh, but right now we're just trying to, you know, get the. That's why we haven't we haven't promoted it in a big way, and we even announced it, you know, during San Diego because we knew it would get kind of buried right. in the San Diego, in San Diego <laughs> news. Yeah, because we want to, you know, we want to have a few, you know, 
we want people to watch it, but we want to have a few, you know, a few weeks to, to get our feet under us first. Yeah, to get to get the feet wet and get going from there. Yep. So both you and Dennis are um, going to be at CaveCon the end of September, though. We are, yes. And that's in Springfield. So anybody listening, there's already tons of guests announced, even. Yeah, we've uh, we've got just. A, I mean, it's it's going to be uh, a convention unlike anything that Springfield has seen before. Um, it's it's going to be a a really exciting convention. We uh, we have a you know Josh Roberts who owns the Comic Cave here in Springfield is it, it's kind of his brainchild, and then I I glommed on to help him out with it. Yeah, and uh, we have gotten you know so many exciting guests for the for the show. Um, you know, we uh, we've got Joe Lansdale, who you know created Happen Leonard, and then also wrote just tons of comics, including some of my favorite uh, Jonah Hex stories. Um, mm-hmm. Andy Parks, Baldemar Rivas, Steve Niles from Thirty Days of Night. Uh, we've got uh, Brian Hurt, who's a frequent collaborator of, of you know of mine on the Six Gun and the Damned. Uh, we've got Tyler Crook, who uh, yes. helped me with, who, who worked on uh, Harrow County with me, mm-hmm. and uh, and then you know we've got uh, we've got uh, Brian Quinn, uh, who worked on Metro with me, is also one of the stars of Impractical Jokers, and Brian Johnson from Comic Book Men. Yes, and uh, and I don't, we haven't really, I mean, we I kind of let it spill, but on other interviews or whatever, we've uh, we've also got Ming Chen from Comic Book Men will be there. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be, you know, and that's just scratching the surface of the guest list. So it's going to be a real comic show. And I mean, we're really doing our best to find vendors that, that are going to bring in a lot of different kinds of, uh, you know, uh, of material for, for people to shop through and dig through and we're going to make it a fun time. Cool. I, I'm, I'm definitely going, so I'm sure I'll annoy you guys while I'm there. <laughs> But, and it's September 29th and 30th, so you know if, if you just if people want and if people want to check it out, it's caveconspringfield.com. You can go to the website. Now, I I have two questions. One's one's related to this, and then one's oh. one's I guess is a speculation. Is it okay for me to deduct and use my detective skills that Walt might be there too, since two of the three comic book men? <laughs> that would you know that would be awesome. Uh, but I can tell you this, Walt will not, it's my understanding that Walt does not fly. Um, oh. and, uh, that, so his travel is a little more limited than, than a lot of folks, because I'm pretty sure he refuses to set foot on a plane. <laughs> so he's the John Madden then. That's right. <laughs> he's uh, our John Madden. Um, um, yeah, I'd love for him to be there. I mean, that would have been, that would be awesome. But uh, but I don't you know don't get your hopes up on that one. <laughs> right. Uh, well, that actually that answer leads into this question because this is the first year for this. Yes. And so obviously with all small cons, you want it to grow and grow and grow, like PlanetCon has in Kansas City. Yes. So do you think that the airport, like the smaller airport there, might be something that you guys will have to cross that bridge later to get more people in do you know uh, you mean do, do we think it's going to cause us a uh, you know problems that it's a small yeah airport? right right yeah um you know it's it's not 
it's nice that we have an airport, you know, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I know. And, and we can definitely bring in, uh, you know, guests and, and, and have him fly them in directly to Springfield. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's possible, uh, you know, this year it didn't cost I mean, this year. All our guests that we're bringing in are, you know, we were able to get them in through, you know, through Springfield, which is awesome. Um, you know, there, you know, the problems with the Springfield airport is, it's almost always a connecting flight. Mm-hmm. You know, you, there's there's very rarely you can get a direct flight from somewhere. Um, and, you, you know, you're going to have them on one of the small planes for, you know, whatever, for the last part of their flight. Right. But uh, uh, but this year, you know, we've we managed to, you know, take care of it with all our guests. Uh, yeah. You know, going down the line, who knows if it'll cause us, you know, it's possible that that could cause us some difficulties with with guests down the line and bringing people in right. or, or even, you know, attendees. We've, you know, we've got a lot of attendees who've already been, who've been buying plane tickets and stuff like that right. to come into, you know, to the show. It's possible, but, uh, you know, we're, you're right. You may, it's, it's kind of a, a, a bridge we'll have to cross when we get to it. If we, you know, you know, but whoever, who knows the Springfield airport might be growing, you know, yeah, also, right. yeah. you know, but, uh, but yeah, it, it, those that, are all things that I didn't necessarily take in, you know, that we didn't, that we're learning as we go along with the convention. Oh yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, it, it, there's so many things that, uh, we did, you know, not that we didn't expect, but that we're, you know, we're just experiencing for the first time. Right. And, uh, and yeah, we're going to, you know, we're learning along with it. Now I can say that we already have guests lined up for next year. Awesome. Um, so, you know, we're excited about that. You know, uh, you, uh, we too early to announce any of them, but yeah, we, right. we're already talking to guests for next year too. Sweet. And uh, I've heard a little birdie told me that that Joe guy from AfterShock is going to be there, right? Uh, AfterShock's going to be there. I don't think Joe is actually going to be 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 there this year. Um, I, he originally had planned on it, but and then his schedules have changed. Um, oh. We're working it out with him. I know his schedule changed, and he's going to be appearing at. Uh, the comic cave he's going to be there uh okay. in august for their birthday um and i think that's part of them you know shifting so okay. uh uh and i i think even that date has kind of moved around a little bit but uh gotcha but yeah he's going to be at, he's going to be at the comic cave and i and aftershock will have a presence at the, the convention we think mm-hmm. uh but we're not we're not sure what that's going to look like just yet okay um now we're going to switch gears because right. a couple of months ago you put out a tweet. Oh gosh. And my friend uh, Donnie, that uh, we talked to you at C2E2 this year about the other subject that we talked about, about Will's comment. He sent me a text and he said, Have you seen Colin's tweet? And I was like, No. So, you know, I go look at your tweet to see. Maybe some big announcement, something, whatever. Well, you had a stack of books, and it looked like on your kitchen table, whether yes. it was or not, I don't know. But you said, okay, these bad boys are getting ready to go to the binding or something, yes. right? Yeah. So I texted him back, and I was like, okay. So we know that Matt and Colin do this all the time. And he was like, how can he do it? I I would have anxiety and blah, 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 blah. Well, let's see, two, three weeks after 
after C2E2, I get, yeah. a te- I get a text from him and said, look at this. And so he has scalped 1 through 50 and your run of Conan on his kitchen table, and he's going to send them off and bind them. So his anxiety of you tearing apart comic books in short month and a half has went away, and now he's all in on it. Yeah, um, and I'll tell you that once you start doing it, it becomes an obsession. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's tough, man. It's 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 an it's an avenue of collecting comics that uh, is completely different, and uh, it's it's just you know it it has consumed my mind. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, there's all these different books that I want to to get bound up now. And, uh, and, and, you know, I have a bookcase full of bound books and they're, you know, my pro one of the, you know, the prizes of my collection really. Um, and I just, you know, I just absolutely love it. I love binding books. <laughs> I think it's one of the, I think it has, it has actually, um, reinvigorated my interest in collecting comics. Really? Um, you know, and, and what's more, you know, it, it, and not only that reading these old comics, because my collection basically sits in a closet, you know, mm-hmm. in, in you know stacks of comic book boxes in a closet. Mm-hmm. And if I want to read one, I might have to go and dig the book out, find it, you know, all that stuff. And and I'm not the best at organization anyway. <laughs> right, right. But when I've got them bound and they're sitting on a shelf, and I want to read GI Joe, I can go grab my GI my bound editions of GI Joe off the shelf and just read the comics right there. Um. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, and now I'm interested in collecting books and, and, and digging through boxes at conventions again to try to build collections of, of books that I can get bound. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just, it's made me interested in, in that side of things again. Well, it makes quarter boxes very exciting to me. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going to say, because like, I don't know the whole process of it. I mean, I know little bits and pieces about the binding process of how to take it apart and ship it off and all that but just like you said now it doesn't have to be a near mint copy of a book because all you're using basically is either a the cover and the interiors or just the interiors right right and i use everything i use the cut i want because i i do one of the things i want is i want all the ads and I want all the covers and all that stuff in the book with it. Uh, and some people don't. Some people just want the the interior stuff. But yeah, I want you know I want it to look like I want it to look like the comic when you open it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you you know you don't want to bind up a mint copy of something that's valuable. Right. You know? Right. Um, and and there are books that I will not be getting bound. Um, like my my X Men collection, I'm not going to get that bound. You know, I'm not going to having x-men number one right you know chopped up and and cropped and and everything else and put in a book um so uh, sidebar real fast do you have a whole run of uncanny i'm missing 16 issues dang it see you're like the third person i've talked to in the past like four days i know one person who has a complete run and then another person that's missing like 20 or 30 yeah i uh I, I had a complete run when I was a kid, 
and uh, and I sold them to pay for college. So I've been trying to get them back ever since. So so I'm I'm about 16 issues away. Um, I may try to finish it out this uh, within the next 12 months or so. Um, and then yeah, and then what what I've had my binder do because I don't want to get those bound. Uh, but I also love that the books are on a shelf. Right. He's, he started making me boxes. So he started making me these shelf boxes where I can stack my books, you know, in a box and put them on a shelf next to a book. And it looks like another book sitting up there. Oh. The, the boxes are designed with, you know, X-Men imagery and stuff like that. Right. So uh, it's, it's just another side of things. that. <laughs> so, so, so like a slip cover? Yeah, sort of like a slip cover that okay. I can put, you know, and it'll hold about twenty-five issues. Okay. So I can put, you know, my run of X-Men in it and have a big shelf full of X-Men comics. Nice. That aren't sitting in a closet, because that's that's the thing I, I just, you know, and I've still got tons of comics in a closet, but the thing I don't like is, you know, I don't like that I just have a closet full of books. Um. And yeah, and there's there's just so many exciting things you can do for me with binding, um, that. That you, that that you you can't do just with a normal trade. Um, and this, as an example, this wasn't a book I had bound. I actually bought this from someone. But one, some of the first bound books I ever bought was a run of Indiana Jones comics. Okay. And you know, there's been a lot of Indiana Jones books over the years. I mean, there's you know, there's been a, book, a run by Marvel that was the adaptations of the movie, and then mm-hmm. Marvel did a, you know a series of, of new Indiana Jones stories. And then there was uh, the Adventures of Young Indiana Jones, and then Dark Horse published new Indiana Jones stories and things like that. And the thing about Indiana Jones is those books are often told; those stories are often told out of order. I mean, even uh, Temple of Doom takes place before Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. But what this person did—it's a big four-volume set of Indiana Jones books—and they put them in chronological order. And it's awesome. Wow. <laughs> so, so they put all the stories in chronological order instead of publication order. Um, and it's really cool. So you open it up and it's, I don't know what it is. Young Indiana Jones is some of the first stuff because those were the stories that took place first. And so, you know, so you start reading Young Indiana Jones and then you turn, you know, then the next thing is Temple of Doom. And then, you know, and it just, it's it's told in a different way and it's just a completely different reading experience. And and that's the kind of thing a lot of these people who get really deep into bookbinding, uh, that's the kind of stuff they do. Um, like they put an event book, you know, lots of people will, will take an event and you know, there's all these event tie ins mm-hmm. and they, they bind it all together, but then they organize it so that the tie ins are, are placed in the book where they're supposed to be, you know, in the story. So yeah. you can organize it in different ways. I, I can see how that would be obsessive really quick. Yeah, yeah. Or I, rabbit I, holes, rather. Yeah. I haven't gotten deep into that side of things mm-hmm. just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's you know it's it's exciting, and uh, you know, I, like I said, I, I don't I have some books that are probably more valuable that I've bound that some people would say why how could you do that, <laughs> but, but nothing nothing uh nothing super valuable you know okay well you can't just throw that out there and not give me an example of it um like i had a, a run of adventure comics with the specter oh okay They're probably you know the, 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 yeah. that run is probably a hundred dollars or so and i had that bound yeah yeah in the condition it's in yeah and like heck the last five issues of 
of G.I. Joe, the comic book series, were shockingly expensive. Because they were low print runs? I guess they were low print runs and characters were dying and things like that. And, uh, and, and those books cost me more than I really wanted to pay, but <laughs> right. I already had the first, you know, hundred and however many issues yeah. <laughs> and I was going to get those bound and I had to get the whole run bound, you know? Yeah. Um, and I have a complete run of treasury editions, you know, the, the giant size comics uh-huh. from the seventies. Uh-huh. I have a complete run of those from Marvel and DC and I, I really want to get those bound. I keep going back and forth because they're going to, they're going to be expensive to bind because of the size and shipping and everything. Right. Um, but yeah, they're going to be expensive to bind. But I, so I'm going back and forth on them. But I have them set out right now with the intent of taking them to you know, sending them to the binder. Um, so is it 20 issues or 25 issues per volume or? Can- yeah, most of mine cap out around 20 issues. Okay. Um, or 25. Okay. Um, I have some, you know, I have some that are just four issue series though, that have been bound up and stuff like that. So, but yeah, I, and I think some people have gone bigger than 25 issues, but to me it gets a little unwieldy right. at that point. Yeah. Your um, knees start falling asleep when you're reading it. Yeah. And what <laughs> I've done is I work with, uh, I've worked with a company called Omaha bound. Um, that's, that's the company that takes care of all my, my binding needs. Okay. And honestly, I give them my, I give them a run of books. And I say, do what you want. What you know, bind it up the way I, you know how I like it. Bind it up the way I like. <laughs> okay. And and I trust them to you know they haven't let me down yet. You know and, and uh, you know I just got like a, a run of DC's Ghosts anthology and it's like five books and five you know five mm-hmm. books of twenty five issues and uh, and he bound it and he designed it in such a way that it stands up and the spines all form a picture. You know, when nice. they're all placed together and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, there are some books that will probably never be collected. And I, I like the idea of binding those up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, hell, there are some of my books that are never going to be com- collected in completion. So I bound them. Like my Sinestro run, I don't think the last two or three issues of my Sinestro has ever been in a trade. So I did it myself. So I had a run of Sinestro. Nice. It's all in one book, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, when when you do it, do you do like issue one cover insides, and then issue two cover, and then insides, yes. or or do you do it issue? Okay. Because because yeah. I know um, Donnie, um, he like with your Conan run, he was doing it that way, but then with like Scalped, he was doing it. Issue one cover, and then all all of the middle parts, and then having like the uh, the covers in the back. Oh well, yeah, and that's another you know again that's something you can do with those. I like I like the covers inside. You know I like to just I just put the books in and I like them that way. Okay. But yeah, there's there's all sorts of ways you can do it. Yeah, and, and and I've seen some that don't have the covers at all. You know, right? And, uh, it's uh. Yeah, there's lots of different ways to do it for sure. Yeah, that's yeah, that's he got me thinking about it because, you know, I'm a huge like collector, but there's like some where I've bought in boxes and boxes from old flea markets that were going out of business, and so like I have old, um, Night Quest, Batman Night Quest, like where where I have like five copies of each one or whatever. (laughs) Right. 
So that would be something cool that I could test myself on to, because uh, you know, when I read comic books as long as I have, it's like I don't want to tear those staples out. I don't want to, so I got to get over that. So I figured that would be a good test run to do that. And then like the old Quasar series, I have the whole run of that. Yeah, yeah, and 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 really, depending on the binder, like with Omaha Bound, I've never had to do any of the legwork. Uh, you know, they, really. They, they they take care of them for me. Okay. So you so, just uh, so you just send them the books and yep. there it is. Yeah, I send them the books and they're and actually they're going to be set up at CaveCon too. Uh, it's probably a good place to ask any questions of them too. But yeah, they're going to be set up at CaveCon as well because they're they're branching into doing their own publishing of other books and stuff like that too. So um, yeah, it's it's uh, it that's that's what's neat about it for me is it it's everybody can do the book the way they want yeah every look at you know if you look at my collection of the books i've had bound they all have you know the cut they have cover artwork on them and 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 design elements on the cover but if you look at matt kent um his books are all sort of black leather covers or faux Mm -hmm. leather with you know emboss on them and brian hertz are sort of a combination of the two and things like that so hey you know you can you can really kind of create your own collection with them and make and it I, as unique yeah. as you want to and i get stuff like us one i am my us one series bound <laughs> and uh, black wolf and you know books that nobody even remembers anymore you know those are fun for me to get bound too so well, that's cool yeah uh the nth man you know things like that that, yeah. that people just don't uh, don't think about <clears throat> so like I alluded to before, Will gave us this background on this fruity drink that's your favorite drink. And so we teased you about it, or asked you about it. I wouldn't say teased, but asked you about it at C2E2. And then the more you and I talked, you said that there was a lot of background from comic writing from adult fruity well, drinks yeah. and it's two different things though the, okay so that me straight when you started asking about fruity drinks i was like uh-oh they're gonna start making fun of me because uh <laughs> for years and years and and still to this day i still like them you know i i was a you know i was a margarita guy and mm-hmm. uh you know i like i like the i like my my pina my coladas and pina coladas <laughs> any kind of fruity beverage and i still love going to uh like uh you know tiki bars that are gonna make the real fruity drinks that yeah. uh, you know fruity or not they'll knock you on your behind mm-hmm. and uh and i still love doing that and i don't drink and when you asked me about fruity drinks i thought that's what you were talking about to be honest I was like, oh, oh, okay. he's talking about all my all the margaritas i've drank well, over the years um well i guess i i thought it was one and the same i guess it's not yeah the the drink that 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 will told you about is called tahitian treat okay and it's uh it's hard to explain i guess it's a it's like a carbonated hawaiian punch okay it's it's a really sweet very sugary uh red soda and used to be you couldn't get them in my neck of the woods you know i when i was growing up you could get them at every convenience store you know and when i grew up in north carolina and you can get them anywhere and i think you still can um, here they're a little more, they're a little harder to, to come by. 
And I don't know how I got on the subject of Tahitian treat with somebody that that he would end up buying me some to, you know, I think he gave me some for my birthday uh, (laughs) a couple of years ago. He gave me like a 12 pack of Tahitian treat (laughs) that that he special ordered from somewhere. But yeah, it's it is not a uh, it is not an alcoholic beverage. And I've tried to mix it with alcohol thinking, hey, rum probably goes well with this. It doesn't, but, you know. It's, <laughs> it, it's not a, it's not a delicious. Uh, it, it, I guess it would get the job done with rum mixed with it. Right. But it's not. Uh, it's not the starter. It could be the closer, but it's not maybe the starter. Maybe a closer. Yeah, it definitely can't be a starter. Um, but yes, yeah, so it is not an alcoholic beverage. Um, but but yeah, I thought when you said that you were because because I've had a lot of people comment on it over the years about. Uh, my enjoyment of uh, of of umbrella drinks and yeah, the like. Right. Yeah. Um, well, you just had one at at Phoenix, right? Well, that was that was an old fashioned. Oh, okay. So, so over the years, I have graduated, and used to be a margarita was my favorite drink, and I make I make an awesome margarita. But I have graduated uh, out of margaritas. I, I, I now drink old fashions. Which I do not consider a a fruity drink. A fruity drink, but I consider an old man drink. <laughs> um, and and really, an old fashioned is just bourbon, a little bit of sugar, a cherry, an orange, you know, an orange yeah. peel, right. and a little bit of water. I mean, it's a it's a powerful. It, it you know done done well. Old fashions are are both delicious and they get the job done. Yeah. Um, but I, it's also an old man drink. And as I feel older and older every day, that's what I drink. <laughs> <laughs> so, ha- so drinking this in the in the story, do you? I mean, we're not going to dive deep into your personal life, obviously, but like in the morning, you fix a cup of coffee and then let it flow, and then like unwind or with a adult drink, or do you? <laughs> um- yeah, well, like like if you're stuck, you know, do you I just? Know that, I don't know that it's the beverage that gets me unstuck. Okay. Um, and I, but I have probably over the years, and if you go to these comic conventions often enough, you realize that there's a lot of drinking that goes on after the convention, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, but uh, I don't know that I've ever had to rely on a you know a, a drink to get me you know unstuck on a story idea. I might have had some ideas while I'm while I'm, I'm drinking that, <laughs> right. that probably aren't the best. That, you know, I may have wanted to pursue them. Is that where dark art came from? No, dark art did not come from that. I was not drinking when dark art came about. Um, but I do, you know, sometimes uh, dr- drinking while writing doesn't work for right. me. And yeah. I know some. I know some writers have done it famously for years and years, but it never worked for me. It just makes me sleepy. But, uh, you know, I, I do like occasionally uh, to unwind. I'll go, you know, once or twice a week. And, and after I'm done with the majority of my work for the day, mm-hmm. I'll go sit at a, you know, a nearby bar and have a, you know, have a drink or two. And I work on things like outlines. And uh, yeah, a lot of times I'll, I'll respond to emails. You know, I take care <laughs> of a lot, of a lot of more of the busy work while I'm having a drink or two sitting at the bar. And it's just a nice way for me to get out of get out of the house, you know, yeah, right. and uh, get out of my office, and 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 be around people, even though I'm not talking to these people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, be around people, and and sometimes the 
sometimes the the ambient noise helps me and i don't know if that's because it throws me back to when i was in college writing you know sitting in a common area writing with all these people talking or whatever right but uh it's like a different it's a change of 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 pace and a uh it just gets me in the mindset to do that and yeah i outline a lot of comics sitting at sitting at uh you know sitting at a bar i'll do my outlines or uh you know things like that and um do you still play tabletop games? I do. Um, not uh, not as not that often, you know. Um, I don't. It's it's a matter of getting people together. Uh, I have a closet full, just like a closet full of comic books. I have a closet full of board games that I've never played. Um, and uh, but yeah, I, I you know I still enjoy them every now and again when uh, when I can. There, I feel there's so many games that are expensive to to play. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've invested all this money in them. <laughs> I, I better, you know, I better play them. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, Kickstarter was kind of, I kind of fell down that rabbit hole with Kickstarter and board games for a while. Uh-huh. And, and I still do. I still, I still back some of them. But, uh, but yeah, I got a ton of games that I'm, you know, hopefully one day I'll get to play. But uh, uh, I don't play as often as I used to. Is that because you're busy writing now, or just because there's maybe not enough people to well, do? Well, it's a little bit of you know, it's it's being busy, and then just <clears throat> everybody just has such a schedule. You know, everybody's yeah, schedule right. anymore. Is, everybody's is adulting. Difficult. Yeah, everybody's adulting. <laughs> it takes, you know, I want to get together and and drink old fashions and play Cthulhu Wars, right. and it's getting a group to do that is uh, it's not as it's not as easy as it was when I was younger. <laughs> Um, one thing off of that, um, do you see one of your books becoming a tabletop game? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think, I think there's a lot of, of, of my, of my books that could make decent tabletop games. And, uh, you know, at one time, you know, the six gun has been adapted as a role playing game. Yeah. Uh, yep. And I think, I think that's pretty, you know, it's pretty awesome. But I, you know, I think the Six Gun would make a great board game as well. I think Harrow County, under the right, you know, circumstances, could make a great board game. And and I've been, uh, you know, I've been talking to people uh, about it. Some some talented game designers about maybe uh, looking at putting something together, maybe developing a game of some sort, and uh, and seeing what happens with it. Cool. Yeah, because yeah, so, I'm the same way. Like. I love I love them, but now it seems like I have everything else going on that I don't get time to do it. So it'd be like when I was with my friends at con, like that night or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, a lot of my friends go to to Gen Con, and I used to go to Gen Con, you know, quite a bit. And they want me to go this year, and I'm just like, I'm not sure I can make it happen this year. But it is fun to go and see all the games, and there's a you know, if you if you've never been to a, a game convention like Gen Con, it's a you know there's excitement at a comic book convention, but it's a different kind of excitement, and it's just at, at these game conventions, it's pretty uh, it, it's 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 something to see. And yeah. There's a there's definitely energy about it that yeah. can convince a person like me to spend a lot of money on games that they'll never play. <laughs> yeah, I was huge into Hero Clicks when it when they were around. Oh, I just bought a complete set. 
of the first wave of hero clicks to, to play with my kid you should have told me because i still have tons and tons that's actually how i went um went to chicago wizard world for the first time i mean i've been to other cons before sure. that but um it was like a regional tournament around here and i had to play at our local one and then i had to go to jeff city and play in that one and i had enough points to go play there and you know like here we used to play like every wednesday night i would say i don't remember because right. it was like early 2000s but um and then you know so i was like oh well i'm winning like every week so i don't want to play i'll just judge or whatever and then i go to chicago and it's like yeah I uh, I think I ended up like 276th or something, so I wasn't even wow. close to being good. But a, a lot of it was having fun and playing with my friends, but also collecting the figures or the clicks, and then you know just playing the game. Right. So yeah. So you got the first wave. Yeah, yeah, and and that's what I played when I was a uh, you know when I was into HeroClix years and years ago. You know, we played the first wave, and you know, then we then we got out, not got out of it, but uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I just bought like a complete set of the first wave stuff just to my son and to play with my son. Nice, nice. We haven't we haven't done it yet, but we're we're gonna play it. Yeah. But yeah, we just got those just recently. Yeah, I I was so into it that I would like buy the offsets like the hellboy bprd stuff and yeah yeah. it was crazy there for a while yeah no it's it's it was a cool game i I enjoyed playing it um uh you know not even sure why we stopped playing it in my little group of people but uh it was you know it was a lot of fun and 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 i like that i'm looking forward to teaching my kid Teach my kid how to play. Yeah, I'm sure he'll destroy me handily. <laughs> Give him a couple of rounds, and there you go. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, since this will come out, and Bone Parish will already be out. That book for the first issue is. Uh, I think you said it the last time you and I talked, but it's definitely one of your first issue best books that you've wrote. Well, thank you. Um, and I'm not yeah. just saying that to blow smoke or nothing. I, I mean, like, I was excited to read it, and I read it, and I was like, holy crap, there's so much stuff going on in this first issue. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm, pretty, uh, I'm pretty proud of that book, and I think people will really like it if they give it a shot. Um, it's a weird situation for me because uh, it, it's a very stressful book to write um, because I feel like the first issue uh, is so good. <laughs> <laughs> and and honestly the second issue again when i you know i was done with it i was like damn that's a good issue of a comic <laughs> i did a really and I, you know i'm pretty you know i'm happy with a lot of my my books but i'm also a big critic you know i'm very critical of my stuff but uh yeah at the end i was like these are great issues but it's just stressful because i have to keep that up right and uh i don't want to i don't want to let myself down and uh you know it's not to say that my other books aren't good uh but you know, sometimes there's there, you know, there's an issue that that there's something special, you know, something special to it that I feel. Yeah. And uh, and and Bone Parish definitely has. I don't know how to describe it. It has that, you know, that unknown quality that I'm really proud of and really happy with. Yeah. And uh, I'm, you know, I think. Um, 
you know, I, it, it's just I, I want every issue to have that feeling, and uh, and that it, it makes it a little stressful for me, but that's all right. Yeah. Honestly, well, it's it's a feeling I want to chase with every book now. I want it to have that, you know. It, I want every book, and and this is you know something I felt with the Six Gun and with Harrow County and everything else. But I really want to, you know, I want to, uh, you know, my goal is that every book makes me feel that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, for a writer, that's got to be like a blessing and a curse too, right? Because you are putting pressure on yourself, but yet you're elevating your skills too it seems yeah. like yeah it's uh and and, and that's and that's interesting because bone parish is is a book that's really pushing um some different styles of writing and and some different you know different uh different tools to tell the story right and uh, yeah it's uh it, it's it's fun yeah and then um another book that's coming out is cold spots right yes cold spots uh it still hasn't hit its FFC. Yeah. Uh, for, the final order cutoff for Cold Spots is ne- is uh, the 30th of of this month of July. Right. Um, but yeah, it's but it, so it comes out in a few weeks. Yeah. And, and that, like both of these books for you, like as a as me as a fan of yours, I think hit your sweet spot. Like yeah, you feel you feel comfortable just busting these issues out. I would yeah, say yeah, they are they're books that uh, that that they're definitely you know my kind of story to tell, and you know no one's you know no one's trying to change. I don't you know it's you know I, these are creator own books, right, so right. no one's trying to 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 change the story that I want to tell. Right. The only yeah. rules that you have to abide by are the rules that you set for yourself. Right. Yeah. And uh, so, so, and, and it's an interesting, you know, it, 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 it's interesting. These books are coming out pretty close to each other. I don't think that they, they obviously don't have, you know, they're not in the same world or, or in the, you know, they're not similar stories. Right. But I think they, they kind of, in a way, they complement each other in some ways. So, uh, um, yeah, I, both of them are, are books I'm really happy about and really, you know, really excited for people to read. Um, so, yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, like I said, both of them are like a 45 out of five from me. So I <laughs> highly, I highly recommend both of them, at least the first issues and then go from there. Like, uh, I know you and Martin talked about it. I know you and I talked about it, but that cover for Bone Parish for the first one, I mean, that's just amazing cover already. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're not, uh, they're they're not uh, holding back on on the covers and the interior. I mean, they're you know, Boom is is really you know is really trying to to do some some exciting stuff. So, yeah, and I, I think I think like with with your Harrow County, the story on the inside was so good, but also you had cover art that was so amazing with it too that set it aside from everything else that was on the shelf. Too. Yeah, and and that's that was all Tyler Crook just you know, you know, pouring yeah. everything out on the page. Right. And uh, and and I think it shows. Yep. Well, you want to wrap it up for this one? All right. Yeah, that sounds great. All right. Thanks, um, thanks for talking. You know, talking with me again. Yep. No problem, man. Um, you can find me on the Twitter machine at Rombar316. The show is at 
Ultimate Marv Pod. You are everywhere at Cullen Bun, right? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much uh, on Twitter, you can find me at Cullen Bun. My website's CullenBun.com. There you go. And we're out. Yeah.